Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Episode 141 of the Moldable Shop Podcast, where this week we are joined by a slab meister, a laser queen, a Victoria's Secret model, oh, and look, Brooke's here too. These two have been running a makerspace for the past five years and cranking out slabs using locally sourced hardwoods in their area. Brooke and Michael from Makers Workshop are here. Hey! You made it, you made it. Uh, big thanks to Brooke and Michael for joining us this week. Also, big thanks to our patrons. We got uh, a new one this week, Bill Burkle. Uh, I don't know if Pete wants to talk about the connection there and give oh, up all later. the information oh, about Bill. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to say a big thank you to all of our VIP patrons. That is Alex Copajohns, Bill Burkle, who's the newest patron, yeah. Jake Miller, Jake Conine, Justin from Cal- Calvary C- Customs, excuse me, <laughs> Christian Chung, Malcolm at Bossa Nova Woodworks, Michael Flickinger, Square Splinter, and Tim from Lock City Woodworks. Thanks for making that VIP list a little longer, y'all. We you really guys appreciate are that amazing. So and now that that craps out of the way, no, big thanks. Whoa, for you guys are amazing. <laughs> now that that's out of the way, uh, Pete has a bunch of questions, and it's going to get real awkward. So yeah, go, Pete, uh, go. Yeah, my first question is, Mike, if I wanted to go to WorkbenchCon, but I'm short fifty bucks, how could I go? Well, I've got great news. <laughs> you use code AWP, and you'll save fifty bucks. And actually, we make fifty bucks, and you save fifty bucks. So if you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Use code AWP. $50 in your pocket, $50 in our pocket. How do and we we'll make probably this... use that 50 bucks to buy you a drink at, we'll probably, yeah, at we'll probably well Con, so. <laughs> Calm down. How yeah, do we make kidding. this a win-win-win situation? I just said it. Send them a we buy them a, one drink. We buy them <laughs> one Sprite. That's it's not singular. alcoholic. We can't afford oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll buy you a Sprite for sure. No we'll problem. buy you and drink. It's a drive. Show up. Bring your receipt. Because if you don't have proof that you used our code, we're not giving you anything. Anything. Pete, ask your creepy questions. All right. So uh, the main question is, for those that don't know who you guys are, who the heck do you think you are? Uh, Give us your elevator pitch. Uh, What do you guys do and what makes you so cool? Um, I don't know what makes us cool, but um, (laughs) whatever. Um, We're Michael and Brooke, and we have a makerspace in just outside Boston, Massachusetts, um, we Not with all- that accent, you don't. <laughs> um, and we, we do a lot of digital fabrication. I'd say that's probably more our specialty than anything else. Um, and we also try to work primarily with salvaged. We work pretty much all with salvaged wood and found material. And recently we've gotten into salvaging local lumber, drying it ourselves, milling it ourselves, and all that. Is there anything I'm What is What does salvaged lumber mean? Oh, that's a good it's, question. Uh, stuff that came down like storms, like yeah. trees that came down in storms. Stuff that's not taken down for the purpose of making into lumber. So, like, is that like in urban areas or uh, in our or case, just anywhere? It is a fairly suburban area, and it's just suburban. Like, suburban. yeah. So we just kind of take it out wherever, wherever it comes down. If it's offered to us, we take it. Yeah, basically, most of the stuff around here goes to the chipper immediately, um, just because. Real estate's it's just real estate's just expensive here. So uh, drying wood and processing lumber takes a lot of real estate. Um, so as a result, and there's a lot of trees here. If you've ever been to Massachusetts, there's just a lot of them. Um, so as a result, it just gets chipped up. Um, what a bummer! Yeah, big bummer. How'd you guys fall into that with doing? They all fell. That? Michael knew <laughs> a fell. guy. 
I mean, you know, know a guy. Yeah. So Michael, how did, like, how did you even get into that? And like, what, can you take me through the process of like, now you guys are sitting on like slabs for years now at this point, you've been doing this for what, two years? Uh, I think we're in three years now three years? For, the, for that. Yeah. So how did five, that whole five thing years start? Five makerspace. Oh. And then three years for the for the million lumber. lumber. Yeah. Um, I started small. Uh, one year, uh, when I was doing like my spring cleanup after the winter, I went out, got all the branches, cut them up on the uh, you know bandsaw, and then you know kind of put them together to make bigger pieces. Um, you know, just a bunch of like like stripy glue up boards and stuff, and um, had fun doing that. And then thought that maybe it'd be fun to try it with some you know. Big sticks. Well, Bigger you, pieces. You, yeah. knew, you knew a tree guy. Um, yeah, and a uh, guy that I grew up with that lived down the street from us, uh, he does the uh, climbing style tree removal. Mm. Arborist. Um, so I you know, talked to him, and he um, you know, kind of dropped off a big pile of uh, logs at one point. He just offered them, and so Michael just said yes in typical Michael fashion, and like I was like, okay, figure whatever. it out as we go. Yeah, pretty much, and and it was a huge stack. Like we were definitely not in over our heads. We handled it tremendously well, obviously. But you know, she we, says obviously. now, years later. Should I tell the story about how I almost died? <laughs> Please do. That's what we do here. I think I think we're distant enough from this that it's like okay to talk about because I didn't talk about this publicly ever because it felt a little bit like. Did you choke on a sausage? No, it's you, well, Dan no. did. That's Dan's story. Dan, Dan You're getting confused, Dan. I'm sorry. He blacks out and forget who's telling stories sometimes. <laughs> so, it's Dan's origin story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, the the spot, we just had them dropped off at our yard, like, at our house. And the spot, when Michael was, like, looking at the yard and being like, where do you... And his friend was like, where do you want me to put them? Michael was, like, right over there at the top of a slight downward slope. Like I'm envisioning slight downward slope. I'm envisioning like a small suburban like <laughs> yes. yard. You're, yeah. And yeah. all your neighbors are gonna be pissed. And it is yeah, definitely like, at an angle. Like it's angled. It's yeah. not a flat it's yard. It's not like a it's not like a distinct hill, but it's like a slow, long downward slope. Mm. That's yeah. like my life. Okay. <laughs> Continue. So I obviously <laughs> put them at the top of the slope. Michael was yeah. like, Where right, else would you put them? Right up there. Thank you. And so it was. That like, way, when you pull one, they roll down. It's like. So, yeah. What happened? I just got a new car and I was really excited about it. It was like an electric car. And I was like, look at my cool new car parked at the bottom of the long hill. Mm. Okay. I think I know where this is headed. It's, it gets worse, though. It gets worse. <laughs> so, anyways, the Prius is gone. No, this was this was my car after the Prius. I had a Prius, and I like this was my first car that I like purchased myself, like picked out myself, and I was really excited about it. Um, and so Michael had a tractor somehow. I don't know. We I don't know where somehow? Michael. Gets like you don't know where the tractor came I, from. I don't know where the logs came from. I don't know where the tractor came from. I'm just really supportive and happy to be here. And so Michael starts moving the logs around as you do to like line them up with the with the mill or whatever. And we're, we did this was the end of the day too. So we'd been successfully doing this all day, and we're tired and sweaty and whatever, which I'm sure doesn't help. But you like moved one of the logs like ever so slightly, and it was a really straight one, and it just slowly starts rolling 
And like, it didn't click to us, I don't think, till this point that we were like, we put the logs at the top of the hill. <laughs> it hadn't clicked. Like, that didn't seem like a problem. And so it starts rolling down the hill. And then what did I do, Michael? Try to stop it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do. my car. And and like, when I tell you, I was like, it's going to crush my car. That's my car. I love that car. And like, in my brain, I was totally strong enough to handle this. Like, there was no reason <laughs> I could why see like, that. me throwing my entire body in front of this log, like, wasn't. Was good. It was a legitimately also, great solution to the problem. I'm also imagining this log was only like 18 inches across. And you're oh, like, it's going to crush my car. No, it wasn't. It was big. It was actually <laughs> it was like. About, it was about 12 feet long and at least 24 across. It was huge. Oh, like, so we're talking. It was a big log. It was about 1,000 pounds. A couple dents. 1,000 yeah, pounds. No. And it looks tractor, like maybe a buck 20 at the most. I, yeah. I had it. I was like, I was like, mass my car. And so I was like, I, Michael needed to physically hold me back. Like <laughs> physically, like, I think you like ripped me on the ground and it was like. <gasps> Stop you were it, yelling. you'll die. You were like yelling. You were like, oh my god! <laughs> and then like, I, and it grazed my arm. Like it skinned my whole arm. Like it was that close. And Michael like needed to physically like bear hug me and pull me down to like keep me from getting crushed. But it's like I could have died. But anyway. So anyways, you guys sell slabs. So, yeah. <laughs> and it did hit my car. It still hit my car. And then I was mad at him about it. But anyway, uh, it was cars fine. Cars are meant to be beat up. I like cried after and it was fine. But yeah, anyway, we sell slabs right. now. We learned from that lesson. We were like, wow, we're stupid. And then. Don't put the logs at the top of the hill. <laughs> I still put them at the top of the hill. I just don't park the car at the bottom. Put a, yeah, move the car. That's it. And I don't. Maybe put up a large it. fence. <laughs> So do you guys have like, a sawmill now, or are you still renting? The, um, I have a friend, like, how is that have a friend that has works? one, and so we just bring him in when we need to for now. Yeah. Um, we're hoping in the spring to maybe move towards something more permanent. And it's not a nonstop thing, right? You guys do them in batches? batches. We, we do them in batches. We can do a lot in, you know, like a three-day weekend. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've heard from you that you guys have a professional kiln slow drying system right uh, can you talk a little more about that so oh we, we modified our entire basement um so our entire basement is a wood drying kiln i don't think i've ever publicly said that that's our basement i just i just like refer to it as like the wood drying oh i'm sorry that I just, like, <laughs> no, 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 it's totally fine like it's our basement <laughs> your basement is a kiln that's yep. that's different Oh yeah. gosh! I mean, and it's, we keep about 10 percent humidity down yeah, there we just keep it a little bit warm <laughs> and very dry do you have guests that stay the night and they sleep in the basement and they wake up with bloody noses or no no how's that no, work the basement the basement's unfinished so it worked out fine yeah. <laughs> bring a cot how do you remove the moisture what's that yeah how do you remove how are you the pulling moisture? the moisture out of there um we use uh industrial dehumidifiers and then we kind of like made the and they feed out made the area kind of like you know airtight yeah. Are you insulating gotcha. in any way? Because obviously there's pretty wild temperature and humidity swings in, during the year. What else um, are you doing for... Because people ask us about drying wood all the time, too. And I never really thought to the like, biggest, basement. The biggest thing is minimizing the fresh air in. So if you seal it off with plastic, you know, then you're constantly recirculating the... Dexter fire. Right. Yeah, we tried sealing it off once and weren't happy with it. So we didn't. Yeah. So basically you got to dexterfy the, the room. Exactly. Seal it with plastic. And exactly. is it painted concrete walls or like is it just straight um, concrete? We just have straight concrete. Huh. Yeah. We try well, to that's, that's actually so you're it's actually maintaining dryness. That's that's intriguing because yeah. I've never be, really thought about 
We started Using small. So, like, the room we're in right now, which is the office in our home, um, was the first wood drying room. Like, we stacked this room with wood. Oh my, we sound insane. So we stacked this wood with room. This is perfect. This is ed- the edgy content we've been hoping for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that I don't recommend. That the was, floor was not reinforced. No. And it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. And so we, we stacked it up here and we dried the wood in here. And we did have guests stay in here. Oh, yeah. Someone slept on the stack <laughs> one time. Did. <laughs> <laughs> this was weird. They were like... What, what what did they say? They said, "Oh, it's like a bed that just hasn't been made yet." <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't have bed bugs. They have like emerald ash boards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but we started we started smaller and we like slowly figured it out as we scaled it up a bit more to make it work. Like we didn't just rashly do this. Um, I feel like that's how Steve Jobs got uh, Apple started. Yeah, 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 yeah. He slept on com- computer parts for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we have awesome. it. We have it down pat now. Like so, they still. So when the wood, I the, hope so. When the wet lumber comes, when it comes in the logs, we you know, it, it, it goes at the top of the hill, and then <laughs> the, the um, that we mill it, and then we have a tent set up outside. So we, it goes as wet lumber from the mill to the tent that's outdoors. And it hangs out there for a little bit because um, that eliminates checking and splitting and stuff. Because the first initial dry down is faster, so. It makes it so it, you know, doesn't crack as much. And then after it stays in there for a little bit, then it goes down to the wood room. And then it hangs out there until it's all the way to 9% humidity. Yeah, we've been done. It takes about three to four months. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Nice. Quite literally a kiln in your house. That's that's awesome. So... All right. One of the last question I have is just more about the makerspace. We we've all talked about wanting to kind of give back or teach or set up kind of some kind of space. Where I just want to make a lot of money. Yeah, make a lot of money, but also educate people. Uh, I used to teach yeah, on a makerspace. Sure. I know Mike's uh, talked about you know moving out to Montana, having like a big shop where you can like actually have classes and meetups and stuff. Uh, like we're all no, interested. Just in that. on my property, just here. <laughs> well, yeah. Or the Montana dream is gone. People. Montana dream is gone, but yeah. still. And then I have um, the shop here. Yeah. Now, like, so you guys started the makerspace. Like, can you guys talk a little bit about how that got started? What, like, how it's going? Obviously, it's still yeah. going. You guys survived the pandemic. Nice. And um, some of the like the 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 highs and lows of that, like how the good things and the bad yeah. things, because a lot of people wonder about that in our community. How, how long well, of an answer do you want? Uh, well, I think we have a question about this later on in the show bit, yeah, as well. It's, well, before before doing the makerspace, yeah. before doing the makerspace, I had a gallery. Michael has an art degree. He was a glass and metal artist for like fifteen. Ooh, years. I could tell that just by looking at which it. a lot glass. of people do not. <laughs> that blows. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I had done a, a gallery, and after doing that for about five years, and with the impact of like Amazon kind of taking over retail. <laughs> Um, it became the least creative thing that I ever could possibly do because it just turned into like buying other people's things and selling it. And the whole point originally was to like make things and then sell it, you know, um, I done, uh, before that I did a lot of craft shows. Um, I did about 50 craft shows a year. And, um, the whole idea was, well, if I just have it in one place, I don't need to like move it around and set it up. And it just didn't go that way. So, um, uh, long story short, uh, when I kind of woke up one day, I'd read an article about 
Makerspace. It was the first time I'd ever heard of them. And I yeah. went to Brooke and I said, all right, so I read about this thing and I want to close the gallery and open one of these. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. You wanted um, a CNC machine. You and, said you were like, I saw these things called CNC machines and I think it's so cool <laughs> and I really want to do it. And you got yeah. a five by ten. No, we did no. not get that one originally. We <laughs> got an X carve, yeah. thousand millimeter. That was the yeah. first one, um, um, mainly because at the time they were, you know, all over YouTube. Yeah, but at the time too, I was working. Um, I wrote curriculum for schools. That was my original career, and. At the time, like STEM ed makerspace wasn't a, really a buzzword, but I basically wrote STEM curriculum, makerspace curriculum for schools all through Massachusetts. That was going really, really well. So when Michael was coming with this like rash thing of like, I'm changing everything, we're making a makerspace, it actually was kind of a logical step because um I would travel to other schools. So having a home base that could then be the back end support for the education program um, made a lot of sense. So it was like, all right, well, you know, it kind of helps what I'm already doing for my job. So if you want to change what you're doing for your job drastically, like, let's do it. And I think that's why we had the boldness to just pull the trigger and do it. Um, but we liquidated the first business and that's what funded it initially because people ask us that a lot. <clears throat> yeah. So we had like yeah. 10 years of inventory that we kind of built up that we just kind of liquidated and turned into the initial equipment. Money. That was a nice little kickstart. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Very cool. We'd never watched YouTube or like we didn't know about the maker <clears throat> community at all at the time too, which like people tend to be surprised well, by. Welcome. Um, you guys will fit right in. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, I, I guess that's it for the questions. Uh, Mike, do you want to play that thing? And then we talk about things? Uh, are you talking about this one? What's on my bench? Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what's on our bench. There I'm it is. To Dan first. <laughs> like I want to hear about... I want to hear about... Uh, oh, did it lag out? It lagged out, but it's fine. We it's fine. It. I'll fix it. Nobody will know. We so won't talk about what's it. On a bench fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. Fix it in post. <laughs> Nobody will know. Dan. Damn. Dan, uh, what's on your bench? Tell us about why you're mad about doors. <laughs> What's on my bench? Oh my gosh! I want everybody to take a seat. Oh, Uncle Uncle Dan's got a little story to tell. Standing, Grandpa Dan, Grandpa Grandpa Dan. Grandpa Dan. <clears throat> so, everybody knows that I've been working on this giant white oak door for some time. I haven't been working on it the whole time. Uh, it was going in a new house, and. Uh, basically there were constraints because I was waiting for the builders to get their into the, the deal up before I could deliver the door and the door jam and whatever, what have you. So anyways, I got this door delivered back in December, December 16th. As a matter of fact, uh, I have, I have records deliver this door. Everything is, is done and I'm waiting for the client to pay. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And I'm sending them reminders. This thing needs to be paid. No other work will be done because they have other obligations or I have other contracts with them to do other projects. And I'm like, nothing else is going to happen until this door is done. Well, today they decided to give me a bunch of excuses and tell me that things are not good with the door and blah, blah, blah. So I just put my foot down. And I said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the deposit that you paid me for this other project. 
I'm going to apply it towards the door that I just delivered. And I'm going to wipe my hands clean of this and I'm going my own way. I'm done. I'm not dealing with you guys anymore. I've had enough. Fleetwood so, Mac. That's what, that's what happened today. You can and, go your own way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I need to put the audio of that like right over that. Um, you can not go. the power. Just don't demonetize us. So, 1.4 seconds. That's the white oak door is out of my life. I'm not dealing with it anymore. If anybody wants any more info, they can reach out to me. Um, the big giant panel doors that I was going to do for that client that I've talked about in the past, that's not happening. That got ter- terminated. It's the word I used. I'm terminating this invoice. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I like you assertive. This is nice. <laughs> I, sh- I shared with you guys the email I sent them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I felt, yeah, I felt pretty good about that email. Anyway, um, I'm also working on the cherry bed. That's almost done. Actually, I kind of wanted to like brainstorm with you guys a little bit here. I need to make the slats for that bed. And I'm thinking of, I'm trying to think of a, a really lightweight hardwood that's not poplar. And I was thinking alder. Alder is like a really lightweight, nice hardwood. Mm-hmm. Can you what guys think bed? of something else? A queen size bed. I got to ship this to oh. North Carolina. So, you know, I need to use a nice hardwood for the slats that go across that hold all the weight of the bed. And, uh, you know, it's got to be it, uh, cost efficient. Does it have Ow. to be a hardwood? It doesn't necessarily, but I can't think of a, I can't think of a, a wood that's I, lighter I, than I hate older. to suggest this option, but Ikea makes... A slat system that is like sprung up. Somebody else brought that up last week, right? Last week, yeah. Oh, did we? Yeah, somebody mentioned it it to him about getting it from there because it's. You're right. It's already pre-sprung up, uh, or you can get ones that are just like two sets of them. But you know, because you're doing. I mean, you're talking center rail. How wide are the slats going to be? You know that that remains to be seen. I'm thinking like an inch or two. I mean, they're probably like an inch or two. No, I was thinking three or two, four three inches, inches actually. Three or four inches. Yeah, whatever it is. Three inches. I mean, you're talking about very minimal weight, yeah. no matter what, dude. I mean, I wouldn't let the hardwood species. <laughs> you're talking probably like yeah. the difference between ten pounds and twelve pounds. But don't really? discount the so? IKEA ones, man. Yeah, like it's, I'm not doing IKEA. I feel like you that's don't have a cop out. You're just getting the slats. Ah, it's a separate box at IKEA. It does. I would also not do it either. Brooke is thinking. I want to. I want to hear what she's she's thinking here. I'm just thinking anything but poplar. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I hate poplar. I freaking hate. Yeah, hate it. Soft maple. Soft maple. Significantly lighter than hard maple. Ash is not light. Ash is lighter than. I generally pretty light. Ash is not light. I generally just go with maple. What's the balsa wood pricing out there? Would you say, Michael? I generally just go with maple, but I tend to have a ton of maple. Yeah, we just always maple. Everything's maple. But the weight. Maple is where my brain goes right away. To uh, what is it, North Carolina? Yeah, from. Are you using a freight company? Uh, Oh, oh, you're breaking it all down, huh? It's a full. Yeah, it's going to be a flat, flat pack situation. I might do like three boxes with pirate ship. Yeah. It's it's, um, it's a tough one. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna wrap that up tomorrow. I think I'm I'm probably gonna go to Liberty Hardwood and get Alder. I think I I just really like Alder. Um, and, you know, standard standard Dunlap uh, answer. Been Etsy? working on Etsy orders. Inserts. Inserts. That one insert. Ties. You're you're right. The Laguna F1 insert that you made was like really pretty. 
dude, that was luck of the draw. I just, I, I just pull out walnut from my rack and I, I cut it up and I, so like I, I get walnut really rough song and I don't know what it's going to look like until I plane it and sand it and everything. And I, I cut that one up and I planed it and, and sanded it. And I was like, holy shit, this thing is really nice. I kind of wish I would have saved it for myself, but instead it went to, uh, Believe it or not, it went out, it went to uh, Mitch over at Horn Dog Maps. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, uh, congratulations, Mitch! You won the uh, zero clearance insert lottery. He's a good dude. I like that guy. Anyway, that's uh, my week. I want to hear what Brooke and Michael are up to. Yeah. What's on your benches? Your workbench. I've been doing. What are you work? working on currently? Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a big one coming up for us. Talk about it if you oh, can. Like right. going in full blown like renovation <laughs> mode soon. Yeah. What were you gonna say though? I was gonna say lately, haven't really had much of anything on the workbench. We had a we we're playing with a new laser the other day, um, yeah. but other than that, it's just been kind of like cleaning and getting ready to do this big bathroom renovation. Because like when you do a big renovation, like in our own home, mm-hmm. that's gonna be like the personal project for like a solid three months for you, Michael. <laughs> But, like, we have to clean. We were realizing, like, oh, shoot, we have to reconfigure the entire house because it's, like, attached to our bedroom, so we can't sleep in our bedroom while We have two happening. bedrooms, right? We have three oh, sorry, bedrooms, uh, t- yeah. Two bathrooms? We have two oh. bathrooms, yes. We have, okay. a, we have a master bathroom that's attached to our bedroom, and that's the one that needs to be redone. Um, like tiles are falling off the wall. It's and bad. I think if you poke mm-hmm. one area of the shower, I think the whole wall would just fall in. <laughs> Um, really so like it needs it needs to come down to like the studs. Um, and then once we like started like going through that, we we're like, well, while we're doing that, the carpet in our bedroom's kind of gross. So we're like, might as well just rip up the whole thing and just do both rooms at the same time. So Jeez. it just turns into this like big thing though, because then we have to like you know move. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to get our room is going to become this room that we're in, and so that's been like it's not been very creative work, but it's just been like okay, get the clothes out, move everything around. Yeah. Jeez, you guys have been busy. Now, Always. Brooke, you were, you were pretty that... busy over the holidays and stuff and on a laser and some other yeah, projects, right? I was I made a gingerbread clock tower. Yeah. That was like last month. And that I was working with Brittany on something, right? Yeah, Brittany and I are working on a wave, um, which is kind of cool. We don't really know where it's heading, but that's gonna be we're gonna figure it out. And then I'm also working on I'm working on a laser cut piggy bank. You Ooh. heard it here first. Ooh, I heard leather. About it. Breaking news. Yeah. And then I'm also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're old enough to know the ticker, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. And then um, I'm also working on a star. It's like a three dimensional. What are they called? Moravian stars? I might be making that word up. That's what you keep calling it. It's Moar. Moar. Moare. I do just keep confidently calling it a Moravian star in conversation. And I'm like, no delivering, one's gonna bang it. I'm like delivering it with like full confidence. But like I, I made that. I don't know if I read that. I don't know. But I'm, I'm doing it on a CNC router. So I really want it to be done to where I can hone in the 3D file for a single panel. Like it'll, it's just like a single triangular piece to figure the angles out to where it'll all fit together and just perfectly snap together and make a star. And it's going to be resin and solid maple and it's going to be blue and it's going to be so cool. I'm doing that too. 
Wow, you just you just hate yourself. You seem you? very excited about it. You I, I get like so excited this. by like, projects <laughs> that just suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so cool because like once you get the file perfect, it just magically happens. It's amazing. Well, one of the biggest advantages to a makerspace is that you don't need to make projects with the idea of needing Selling to sell it. it. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the biggest perks is that we can just take on these ridiculous things because it's a write-off. It's a write-off. <laughs> That is actually really nice because you guys do tend to just lean really hard into just like, let's make a thing. Yeah. And then this, sometimes it has no end goal or no, like, well, the the, the ginger uh, gingerbread house, you actually have to deliver for a thing, for an event, yeah. right? That but was like most of the things you're just like, and like I just want to make this. Do you want to know tea about the gingerbread house? Yes. The event that's what we're that, here for. The event that that was for like didn't care at all. Like they just like <laughs> didn't care. It wasn't even like they didn't even include it in a photo like on the what? Facebook spread of the event. Like the internet was on the edge of their care. seat. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of yeah. that's that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was like beyond beyond just that like no, like, the people did, but, like, I remember, like, looking on the Facebook posts of, like, people who attended and things like that. Like, no one cared. Yeah, but oh. some people some people came to the event just, just to, to see it. Just to see it, it so, which was like, neat. That was yeah. cool. The internet pulled through. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, internet. Thanks, <laughs> internet. <laughs> okay that I said that. It's fine. Probably. No, that's fine. They okay. don't. Uh, your chamber of commerce well, does not listen to this. Guess what? <laughs> they didn't repost the gingerbread house, so they probably aren't listening to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> our our, I think our listener base is mostly just our moms and then like a few people in the community. Yeah. And the Boston Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, the Boston Chamber. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'll make. I'll Talk make to your city, patron. Actually, I'll make City Hall next year. Honestly, like people like reached out about that. I hope next year I can do something really cool. You should run for office. No. <laughs> That'll show him. No. It's going to be a hard pass for me. I'm going to run this city into the ground. <laughs> anyway. We're going to rebuild Pete. it out of gingerbread. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what have you been working on, buddy? Um, I'm trying to wrap up these uh, ice climbing tools. So I delivered a bunch last week. I need to deliver. Well, actually, I don't need to deliver the rest of them anytime soon, but I just want them out of my shop. So uh, this weekend, I'm just going to go full Don't you have on. to deliver them before the ice starts melting? Yeah, technically, yes. So we didn't have like a, a deadline. I said by the end of the month, you'll start getting deliveries. I ended up getting them to them two weeks in. Uh, so I just want them out by like the end of next week. Just because, you know, they take up a lot of space. All my, my whole shop is set up just for that. And it's in like different stages. So this weekend, hoping to get all of it finished up. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm more than halfway done. About 60% finished with everything. Uh, then just laser them, pack them up, and get them out the door, which is really nice. Because then I can start tackling some... Uh, I actually have a couple of co uh, commission inquiries that I got to sit down with uh, the people and kind of model some stuff out. A couple of, like little built-ins, little tables and things like that, and some smaller tchotchkes and knickknacks and whatnot. And then paddywhacks. Um, and paddywhacks, exactly. But we're also going to uh, take on a couple projects for the house. We're going to... Uh, we have a couple, like, sh you know, we want to do some live edge shelves, some uh, new coffee tables... Actually, and I forgot to mention this last week, um, Bill, our newest uh, uh, newest patron this Bill week. Bill Burkle. Yeah, Bill Burkle from uh, WTB Woodworking. So me and uh, Keith Johnson drove down there uh, a week and a half ago, and we checked out his shop. So he has, I think it's a third, he has an eye dry system. It's a 13 foot kiln i think or 14 foot kiln it's a it's a big boy it's like a basically a small container the size of a container um and that thing is really cool he's able to 
put wood through that thing, I think every week or two, every 10 days, he's able to take a load out fully dry. So the the selection he has there is pretty you good. You said it was an eye dry? It's an eye dry, yeah. yeah it was That's, nice, yeah. It's so yeah, nice. And he was talking about like how like how much he paid for it back in the day. And I was like, this is, he was like 20 grand or something for the system. I'm like, what? That's like, I feel like now uh, it's they're like like more than double. They're, they're like double that. At least. They're so, $60,000 yeah, starting. They start yeah. yeah. So like whenever he got it, like. And there's like a year and a half wait or something like that. That's the other thing. He said he had a crazy wait time. And then somebody, he was like chatting with the, the, the owners or the, or the rep. And they were like, hey, listen, someone just canceled their order. Do you want it? And he was like, yes. So instead of it being like six months at the time, this is a couple years ago. Instead of being six months, it, oh, sorry, no. Uh, you got it last December, I think. Instead nice. of it being like later last year that he was supposed to get it. So good, good for score, him. Bill. Yeah. And uh, so we went into this space. He has a five by 10 or five by 12 uh, Avid CNC set up in there. And we walk into his like warehouse space and it's just slabs literally to the ceiling, just scraping lights because it. They're full 12 foot <laughs> plus slabs um, or 14 foot, some of these slabs. And they're massive. And he ended up uh, giving Keith and I a couple board feet of uh, some random stuff that he's just trying to move out to get some new stock in there. And um, it was just, it was a really nice strip. Got to, uh, got to chat with Keith a little bit. Got to see Bill's shop and the whole setup he's got there. And uh, got some slabs. So we got, we got a, uh, a um, maple. Uh, what is it? Bird's eye, not bird's eye maple. What's the other one? Ambrosia, with the lines spalted. in it. Spalted, yeah. Spalted. yeah. He, got, he got some spalted maple and uh, walnut Sorry, slab. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Broke too slow. Sorry. So I got some <laughs> fair, of those. Fair. I'm really excited to do those. Uh, may turn those into uh, some coffee tables for the house because we have two living rooms. I don't know why. So we just need <laughs> get on my level, bro. Yeah, Dan's got like f- Dan has four living rooms. I don't even want to get that started. But uh, aside from that, Instagram's amateur actually really busy. Them, I is one of them called the parlor. No, one of them's a kiln. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, touche, touche. So I set a like a I hate like setting New Year's resolutions, but I set them and I'm trying to stick to them. And Instagram and Facebook have actually been pretty good to me. I've had some posts pop off on there. So I've been trying to be consistent about posting everywhere. And I'm literally posting to Facebook, Instagram every single day. And then if if I can, TikTok. Um, YouTube shorts, Twitter, and Pinterest. I'm posting as many things as I can. I'm trying to stay consistent. I'm literally tracking it on a spreadsheet. And uh, it's already kind of paying dividends. I'm having a really good run so far. I had some videos pop off. And I think posting consistently has kind of kept the wave going. So i uh, going to ride that wave as long as I can. I've seen some uh, good growth. I, uh, I'm at like, I think I grew like 10,000 followers in the last month, which is awesome Ooh. most growth i've seen in it's awesome man a very long time so uh, aside from that emma's been helping out with uh, getting some etsy listings um done for for etsy so i had a lot of them kind of grouped into one and you could choose one of like four designs or six designs we decided to just break them all up into separate ones took some photos uh she took photos she made the listings so without man, her i, I need somebody to do, to do that. that for me it's uh emma it's awesome you want to come hang out with me for a while if the pay if the pay is right she'll do it so, peanuts and uh peanuts i give her free peanuts all the time it well, it's peanuts peanut, packing peanuts and, uh, she eats squirt <laughs> squirt the pop squirt <laughs> and then uh, just ice unlimited ice yes an ice machine but that's it so she, emma's been helping me out a lot it's been great because i'm able to get a lot more listings 
And like this year, one of my goals is like, I want to have a hundred plus listings on Etsy. And honestly, I'd love to have 150 by Christmas. Because uh, Dan and Dan, one of the questions is for you about Etsy listings and photos. One of my biggest hesitations is always like, well, I have this product, but I didn't take good photos. And then I kind of just keep forgetting about it. And then I forget. Uh, post them. You just, you just Update post the photos them. later. And then you sell and you have tons of products on Etsy. So anyways, Mike, what is up with you? That's my week. What's going on? Oh, I think oh, last Mike week is I here too. It, but I, I bought a bit. I bought a new trailer. But I, did I mention that last week? I bought a big flatbed trailer. I think you mentioned I, that I you were going to go see it. Maybe. Oh. Mike got I a trailer. I well, I bought a big trailer finally for picking up all the material and stuff. So I got a big 14k 20 foot trailer, flatbed trailer, which is needed for a while. But finally, was able to make time for that. Uh, last Friday, we delivered a big, huge countertop to a winery. That was fun. And then we had to go pick up a bunch of material for. This upcoming projects right now. Um, did some filming this weekend with the cinematographer. We knocked out this video on this laptop stand. And then, uh, shoot, was it yesterday or the day before? Peter was here and we filmed another video on Shaper versus Router Table. Uh, but yeah, I built this laptop stand, got this design all done and wrapped up. I'm going to make those available when the video goes live next Tuesday. And then um, I've been working on a chair design because I want to have a line of chairs and bar stools for my sh- for my store and for my interior designer customers and a few of my other wholesale vendors. And uh, prototyped it a few different ways, got it down, and I'm actually done with the prototyping process process now. And I'm actually in love with this chair design, and I'm very excited about it. The so, taint shelf um, is very nice. The t- it's a nice gooch cabinet. So. Uh, <laughs> No, the uh, the the I'm really super excited about this chair. A lot of my interior designer customers are very excited. I've got really some other nice. vendors that I work with that are very excited too. And the and seats it just are 3D really carved. Good, so, right? yeah, the seats and the seat backs are 3D oh, carved, and cool. uh, the legs, yeah, and the joinery is all done on the pan router. It's they're super nice. We can slap them out <sighs> fast too. So we're trying to come out with a really good like price point to offer, di- you know, direct to end users and then through wholesale as well. So a couple of my interior designer customers. They uh, actually have brick and mortar stores as well, and they're going to be carrying them in their stores. Oh, cool! So they're going to be we're going to be cre- I'm creating a line card with them. Peter, my my cinematographer is going to be coming. We're going to be taking photos. We're going to create a line card for them, and then my customer will be able to use those graphics that we create to put their logos on there to have the line in their stores, like an in house like line of furniture. So we're um, I've got the the mid century modern version done, which is the one I worked on, and then we're doing a farmhouse version as well. Uh, which will be two separate lines. So there'll be the ta- the dining table and the bar stool. And then we're trying this farmhouse style table that we're working on right now. This is like the fourth time I've built this design. So I think this is going to become an in-house offering that some of my interior design clients will offer for in their house and then through my store as well. So um, working on that. Um, also working on this cabinet, which actually I probably shouldn't talk about that yet. Um, and then finished up some signs for the shop. Finally got some stuff. It's been kind of like really well paced in the shop right now we're just that's good um, you finished the year not like slammed real nice yeah the year was nuts last year and then um but we had like so just to kind of go i talked about it on my on instagram a bit but like my biggest customer changed 2023 projections and it cost me a lot of money per month uh i lost out on a lot of money this year so i had to re-pivot the company a little bit um it's gonna be fine but unfortunately one of my employees got the brunt of that unfortunately so he's not as long as he didn't get the key i have no that. work for him 
So he's not like, yeah, he has, I have no work for him, unfortunately, uh, currently. So, uh, I've been spending the last week essentially just lining up a lot. I mean, we have a, we have, we have work booked out through like June, but not enough to, not enough to keep three employees busy. I have enough work through June to keep two employees busy, not three employees busy. So losing those projections kind of was a kick in the pants. So, um, just kind of managing labor is a pain in the neck, but, um, so we're moving forward with that, but, uh, Looks like there's some big news coming on that in the next few weeks. So we have some big meetings coming up where we might be picking up some new, actually much better programs that are more in line with what we do here at Coffee Custom Builds. Because we lost this shelf program that we don't, that frankly was just more of like a uh, a good cash flow job, but not a project we actually love. Where it now seemed we like a very another production like type situation. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do any of it. The guys did it. I hate, I hated being any part of it. Matt loved it because matt loves repeatable stuff like repeatability it was all done on the cnc and it's just all like soup like not my style but um it looks like we're gonna probably land this other big table project with them so we'll be doing we'll be doing the coffee table line with them and we'll be doing a dining table line with them which will probably equal out to something more in our wheelhouse anyway that we'll enjoy a lot more um so looking forward to seeing what that next meeting is about so um and then something that happened last so a client uh well this family, um, I don't. When we were podcasting a few years, when we first started podcasting, there was a fire up in this area called the Camp Fire, and a lot of people lost a lot, and yes, um, a lot of houses were burned down. And um, a, a family had reached out to me about a year ago. They had a dug fir that was fifty inches in diameter on their property that had to come down, and they had reached out to me. That's about two getting over forty eight. Getting for a slab, listeners. Right. They had reached out to me about getting it slabbed, kilned, and then turned into like 20 pieces of furniture. And uh, so we're actually in slab form now. So they're actually in, they're air drying now before they can get into the kiln. Um, mm. We're probably, we're waiting, they're going into a, um, into a DH kiln, a dehumidifier kiln. So um, they aren't going to be ready to actually throw in there for probably a few months because they need to get down to like 25% before we throw them in there. So they're super wet, but uh, we're going to get those going and hopefully we can start on that project. We got everything kind of dialed now and everything's actually really moving forward on this thing that I've been like coordinating in the background for over a year and a half. <laughs> so I've been tra- coordinating at least getting these logs off their property, getting them to a, uh, getting them to a, a slab yard that I work with, or actually I've never worked with this guy, someone I'd never work with and, so we're working on that right now, um, and it's going to be a lot of cool pieces of furniture for this uh, family's cabin that just finally got rebuilt. Um, and then uh, what else we got going on? Um, well, just we got we're doing a bathroom vanity, which is the first I've never done one of those before. So we're going to be doing a bathroom vanity, wood like wood client. top or just uh, a cabinetry part. No, we're not doing the top. We're just doing the cabinetry. Oh, okay. I got um, I've got a. Uh, you ever heard of mosaic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Justin uses it. The software Mosaic. Yeah, so I have Yeah, so I have Mosaic. I've had it since IWF. And um I'm finally gonna be able to use it. I literally built their vanity in Mosaic in about eight minutes. And it shot all the stuff out to Aspire for me to cut everything out on that list and everything's ready to go. Partlets and parts part lists and everything. It's dope. So nice. Um I'm actually really excited about taking on more built-in stuff because I'm working a lot more closely with my um my installer friend, who's a general contractor, who's been doing all my installs for me, um, he's going to be taking on more of that. So we're actually going to start looking into taking on like kitchens and stuff. So because that other CNC is coming, work. and I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really have 
a need for that other CNC now that we're not doing as many shelves as we were. So I have, I'm like, I'm going to just put this thing to work doing kitchen cabinets. So I think we're going to start going into, into built-ins. So we'll see what happens. That's nice. good money in that. So anyway, Sweet, that's what's going on with me. Lots of different things going on right now, but um, you always don't have very much going questions? on. Yeah. That's, that's all I have going um, on. <laughs> well, let's get it actually questions. is way less stressful than it was like a month and a half ago. Like tell. December was the worst it's ever been in my life. <laughs> that was insane. But it's all good now. So, um, yeah, let's jump into these. Well, uh, I'm going to read these questions first. Uh, we've got one from Brittany Carbone. Where does that go? It's around here somewhere. That is the scent folder. Sorry, everyone. It it's my first time. Oh, what's your favorite caffeinated drink that gives you pep in your step? And what's a big mistake you made using the laser cutter, but it actually came out amazing? Dan, this one's for you. <laughs> oh, well, Brittany, my favorite caffeinated ready. drink is a Carmelicious from Scooters. So delicious. Extra whipped cream. Extra licious. And <laughs> I wanna, what the Michael biggest mistake said. I made with a laser is not having one. All the hair removal. Oh my gosh, that's no. the funniest thing to me ever. <laughs> Brooke and Michael, do you guys want to take this? Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. this might be more geared towards you. I don't have strong feelings on any sparkling beverages. I do really love Italian soda. but I, don't I think know. she said caffeinated beverages. I don't know. Red Bull? Coffee? Okay. Coffee, yeah. Just coffee. All right. Probably just All coffee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now what's the biggest mistake you've ever... Uh, you know, did on a laser that ended up actually being awesome. I don't think Aside I've from, ever made a oh, mistake. Was that? It had to be awesome. Well, no. Well, I it, take back the laser hair. It actually <laughs> came out amazing. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Michael said he never. He's never made a mistake. So, oh. well, uh, this clearly is clearly for Brooke. Then. Well, <laughs> I don't know. What have I done that's like been a big mistake? Like I've had a couple bad like. Oh, you put that you put that wool fabric in there. The wool fabric. I made a green dress on the laser cutter last was it the year. The one that smelled terrible when you cut oh. it. it was so bad, and it lasted for like two weeks. <laughs> I can't. It's like really... vintage fabric, right? Yeah. So you're telling us don't cut wool on the laser? And it smelled like burnt hair in the workshop for like two weeks after she did that. I can't even really oh. wear the. Dress. I feel like that's kind of that kind of makes sense. Like the dress looks really good. I think it looks really good, but like it smells really bad so i can't, I can't imagine like when i hear people talk about using lasers in their house and i'm like no <laughs> you don't know the smells you know what's funny like we there are neighbors that day were having a yard party or something and i was <laughs> i was laser cutting this dress and i've laser cut fabric before and it does not always smell bad there was something this is like a hundred year old fabric and so like whatever. it was the depression it was, the, it, was yeah, it was like wet it was like wet burnt dog hair it was horrible yeah, and like the depression family <laughs> yankee candle had a candle called the depression that's what it was smell like well the whole i was cutting it and i was just in the zone so i didn't care and then michael was like did someone die <laughs> And then he comes back out and he goes, the entire neighbor's yard party needed to vacate. <laughs> they left. <laughs> we don't know if it was because of the smell, but Michael's was like, it's really bad. It's really Stop bad. Stop it, bro. <laughs> Might have been Stop the smell. Could have been a gas leak. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's the dress. It smells very bad. Oh, God. That's actually really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Which is important. I'm also really allergic to it. 
Interesting. To the dress or mm-hmm. the, to the oh, uh, it's hard to it's hard to say really. <laughs> anyway, to circle back to the laser hair removal joke, just yeah. in case listeners aren't familiar with this, we'll I just leak this whole thing and just say laser hair removal. I, I have <laughs> I have a I have a um, laser hair removal sponsor, which I think is the funniest thing. Oh, I remember that. Oh, is that was that what you were referencing, he, or is that just like a separate no, joke? No, I didn't know that. Oh, I was you not did? referencing that. Oh, so <laughs> that's. They like approached, a local place, right? Yeah, they just they reached out to me. I don't. No, it's, it's, a, it's a national chain that was opening one locally. Yeah, and um, like, but the oh, funny thing is, it's one of the most popular sponsorships that we've ever had with yes. our viewers. <laughs> our viewers, we've done great with the laser hair removal referrals, which I think is so funny because I needed to make a. They were like, "You need to do a permanent post on this," and I was like, "All right, well." Like, how do I, like, make this link back? Like, what Did do I... Did they give you, like, an affiliate thing? Yeah. You get, like... Oh, yeah. That's actually kind of funny. You never know what's going to pop <laughs> off, right? Yeah. No, I... and they gave the first 10, uh, they gave the first 10 people free a free treatment. Yes. They, they yeah, were just actually very it. generous. Damn it. Hmm. Yeah. It's expensive. Anyway, that's like, <laughs> yeah. so anyway. Emma just got it. So, like, oh, it's yeah. pricey. It's expensive. No, exactly. And and so I was like, well, I feel like I'm robbing my followers if I don't, like, do this. And and everyone, at first, I was, like, trying to be all tasteful about it. But the feedback I keep getting is everyone's like, no, Brooke, you need to just, like, go for Lean it. With the all of it. All of it. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> not, not, like, laser hair removing my entire self. I'm, like, like with filming content. Like, people being like, you need to just, like, fully, like, pizza night unleash the editing on this. And just like, and just like, be yourself and go to the laser hair removal place and like film a masterpiece. A masterpiece. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry if I do turned that topic. No, it's, yeah. That's all right. That's what we do here. Yeah. yeah. So Scott Orm had a question. Uh, No. (laughs) No. Uh, This is. Uh, this this is in regards to Etsy. He had a three star review. He's wondering if he should really chase down the customer and try to get them to either rectify it or whatever. Uh, Pete, what do you say? Uh, yeah, try, well, keep trying to reach out. I think um, there's a time limit after which you can like leave a public response <laughs> to a negative review, and I I don't know the time. Don't quote me on this. I remember something about three months or something because it's beyond uh thanks em uh, i don't know about the time but you do have to do that from a desktop and not you, you do have to do, do it from a phone. desktop where you can like publicly respond to the person and be like hi i'm sorry you had a bad experience you know like i tried reaching out to you uh if, you know if this message does find you one day try to you know uh reach out to me i'd love to oh rectify that's it. not the direction i'd go uh yeah no, there's, <laughs> i use a lot less f and s words uh, actually, the message I send anytime someone gives me four stars or lower, I have a I have a kind of copy and paste response that I send to all those people. And base I don't have it pulled up right now, but it's along the the lines of, "Hey, thanks for buying something from my shop. I'd love to know what I can do next time to earn a five star review." Uh, I cannot tell you. I know very <laughs> bad, but like out of the. Out of here. <laughs> Five times or so. Dear sir, out. madam, if I could fillet you and you give me a five. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like there's every, almost every single time. No, actually, uh, out of the five times, I think four times I got a five star review off of it. 
Because sometimes people would be like, oh, this was like whatever. Or like, oh, I thought this was blah, blah, blah. One guy was like, I was just trying to get your attention. I'm like, you could have just messaged me instead of leaving a review. <laughs> and then he changed it to a five star. Uh, one person just wanted a refund. And I was like, I can do a refund. It, like, you just return it and whatever. And got a five star review. So like, just reach out with, you know, give them the benefit of a doubt. Because keep in mind, if they don't have messages turned on or if they're just getting these sent to junk or if they just are those psychopaths that have 10,000 unread emails on their phone and they don't see an email from Etsy from a person they bought something from, they won't see that message. So you might want to actually reach out again. I would highly recommend that. And kill them with kindness. And eventually, if they're not responding, just eat it. That's fine. You should be able to absorb at least one one-star review a month without it hurting your uh, star seller rating. And uh, just uh, respond back in that public forum if you can. Dan, you're a big Etsy queen. Let's go. I'm the biggest queen. I'm the I'm the Etsy queen of Sarby County. <laughs> um. <laughs> I keep it I keep it real simple. I will I will send out a response. How dare you? Oh. Who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, it goes something like that. Um I send out I send out one follow-up. And if uh if I don't get a response, you know, I just move on. I don't have time to be trying to hunt down everybody that uh has problems. It's not that I get a lot of problems. It's that my time is better spent elsewhere. So you know, one response. If I if if one one reach out. If I don't get a response, then I move on. You know, that's that's me. Quick and simple. Brooke and Michael, are you guys on Etsy at all? Uh, we're starting to be, but not really. But my my go to would be kind of like move on and do better next time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael did um back when you were still doing glass and metal. You had a huge Etsy store. That was part of the burnout. Yeah, it was like you're just like nope, I'm not selling work. So, but I tend to not chase it either. Like I'll do my best to like do well, but like most of the people I found tend to be like a one-time deal. So how hard do I need to chase you to exactly fair retain the sale that I already made? That's a good point. <laughs> Depending on what you sell, it might be a one and done. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not yeah, going to so... come back to you for something else, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I don't know, I just got to kind of weigh that in is my opinion. Um, but if I wanted to knock it out of the park, uh, we, you have their address, I'd send them a handwritten letter. Oof. Ooh. I like that. The handwritten nice. note is like... Or, mm, or yeah. hear me out here, Wow, a bag of dog poo. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is if you get no response from the handwritten note. Because it's... Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's it's it follows with a nice package. <gasps> yeah, and you got to put... Mm, okay. <laughs> Michael, coffee. What do you say? What say so you? So reviews tend to go like a, these few ways. Uh, you get no review, and they loved it. Uh -huh. You get a review, and they loved it because you know they know kind of who you are on social media yeah. a little bit or something like that. So they're feeling they're helping you. They give you a three or two star review and also say, I loved it because loved apparently it. they're I a moron. <laughs> and Or they leave you a terrible review because they don't understand that that actually hurts people. So um, for me, like I've said it, I keep saying it, like for me, I just don't like Etsy. I don't like dealing with Etsy. I'd rather make one thing for $10,000 yeah. than a hundred things for a hundred dollars. Just no thank you, like hard pass on it for me. But there is value there. I really see value for it with the digital stuff. Um, but that's just, I just don't really care about Etsy anymore. So, um, but with that being said, I know that a lot of people make really good money there and that's where their marketplace is. 
and it makes sense for their business model 100%. So I think that my advice to Scott is like, shoot him one message. Hey, this is affecting my business. Can you please, you know, what can we do to correct this? And if you don't hear anything from him, do not lose sleep over it. Just keep moving forward because you're going to let yeah. one bad review hold you back from focusing on making more sales. Yeah. Yeah. So and just keep moving forward. There will be more. It's, yeah. like letting, more. Yeah. it's like letting one bad moment during a day ruin your whole day. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's just not worth it. Like these people are morons. It's like the lowest common denominator over there. It's unbelievable how stupid they are. Anyway, um, the, ne- the next question. Well, the first Mike question has strong feelings. for a call-in. They're all idiots. It's like selling to homeless people behind Craigslist on to Etsy. It's unbelievable. Us, like you. they're all <laughs> Yeah, thanks for all the thanks for the 399 digital buy. Uh Daniel Taylor. <laughs> what is up AWP? It's your favorite Daniel, Daniel Taylor for Taylor Custom Crafted. Anyways, quick question. Let's discuss boxes for shipping. Aside from you line because I'm not quite ready to buy in bulk yet. Reason being is I'm doing a bunch of different one-off things. It's not like I've got 20 of the same size cutting boards to ship out at once. I got different size stuff, so I don't want to buy in bulk. I'd like to buy individual boxes for what I'm, I've am i made. So aside from Uline, where do you recommend that I don't end up like Dan at the <laughs> UPS store and getting bent over? Peace. Pete. Um, I get my boxes from four sources. Uh, it's Uline if I'm doing a massive bulk once a year big order, or I'm desperate for a very custom box that I cannot get anywhere else. I'll go through them. Uh, Staples for a while was one of my go-tos as well because they were stocking them pretty well, but then they started adding... Can you like, get one or two at a time from Staples? You can get... Well, I think that was his question. You don't have to buy bulk? Like, well, where where can he get boxes where he doesn't have to buy them? In bulk? I think he's talking about bulk, like because Uline, you you need to buy like a hundred plus to make it to make sense. Sure, it depends right. on the size. Yeah, but like I was getting like because uh, so the last one was Amazon, and then Granger was another one that's more. I don't know if that's everywhere. I, I know we have them in Jersey here, so they're basically like a like a business supply store. Um, but. But you know, you line you get like bulk, bulk. You'll order like a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars worth of stuff. Uh, Uline's also nice because you can set up tax exempt if you have an LLC uh, or business, uh, and you can basically get it delivered. Uh, if you get it the right time of the year, free shipping and tax exempt is really nice because then you're just paying that sticker price that you see on their site. Um, but for most supplemental orders, and actually in, ter- in many cases, I get lower prices at Amazon. And for certain things, still staples, but not as much. Uh, but I would recommend if there is like a, a sometimes even a restaurant supply or a business supply store in your area, try to inquire there. And depending on what kind of boxes you need, you might be able to get a really good local deal. And especially if you have a business, uh, you know, an, an EIN, you can usually register with these places and get wholesale pricing. So that's something to consider as well. But Amazon and, uh, you know, um, Staples is pretty good because you can buy these, you know, bulk packs of like 25 to 50, which is not yep. really bulk. It's not, not a bad amount to keep on hand. Dan, what do you think? I'm going to parrot everything you just said. I mean, before I started buying from Uline because I needed hundreds at a time, I was buying from Amazon. I would buy 25, 50 at a time uh, of bubble mailers. 
I send I send out almost everything in bubble mailers. These I still days. get all mine from from uh, Amazon. Uh, so yeah, Amazon. Just just uh, do a search for the specific size you need, and uh, something will come up. Uh, other than that, I don't have a whole lot to add. Sorry, Daniel. Uh, Brooke and Michael, do you send out a lot of small packages? No. Uh, well, you do we, now with the. I order samples. them. I order yeah. them at. Um, I, I get them on a line. I always have. If you're not ready to commit. <laughs> that you shouldn't commitment. be shipping commitment oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah no we, we have the opposite issue where we need to like mail slabs where it's like um, oh so are you mailing course? slabs yeah. we're trying to figure that out that one's still a little hard to figure out especially for the people that want them shipped over international yeah borders. we shipped one to Canada <laughs> wow what? if only they had trees in Canada yeah Right? No, but that's the issue with the with the supply chain on lumber. It's so bad. If you learn about the little facts about it, which I don't want to bore everyone with, like the supply chain on lumber is so bad. So anyway, yeah. Wow. Un- unfortunately, yeah. They, uh, they used to have trees in Canada, but unfortunately, they <laughs> ship most of them to the United States. They, yeah, they ship them all to Massachusetts. <laughs> they're, they're all tied so... up at the border. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, and then we ship them back out, back up to Canada. But unfortunately, yeah. for smaller like. Lots high quantities of a singular singular thing. I don't know that we have much to contribute. Yeah, my go-to would probably be Amazon, though. Yeah, Amazon. Mike, Mike, what about you? Uh, I buy everything off Uline and Granger. I don't really, but I keep. I do get some bubble mailers from them, but I actually find that the pricing is better on Uline whenever I do like one of my orders. So whenever I do a order <laughs> once every, uh, usually every month with Uline, but. Uh, I actually just placed the order last night for this month, but sometimes it's every two months I can make it float. So, uh, but yeah, Uline is my go-to for sure. Cause I also get like all of our nitrile gloves there for all our finishing. I get, um, I get all the construction bags there cause those fit in my hoppers for my dust collectors. Yeah, that's and the like, thing. Uline like, does a lot of, you can get a lot right. of your consumables there. Yeah. 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 I get my, my first aid kits there. I get a uh, gla- you know, lens cleaner thing. We have lens cleaner all over the shop. My first aid kits, carts, everything that we need for the shop. We buy there, you know, the orders are always big. So it's like a few grand a month from Uline or whatever do, like that. Like every month they do free shipping. So if you get the catalog sent to you, they do free shipping events where you're not paying for shipping. Because the shipping will tip you right. over the scale a lot of the times. And if you have a business well, license, get the tax exempt if you can in your state. It makes a huge difference. Trust me. I think if you're not spending more than like $1,500 a month, the shipping will tip it. But if you're spending like $1,500 to $2,000, like anything over $1,500, it doesn't the, – the shipping is just part of the cost. I mean it doesn't really – it's still cheaper than anywhere else that you can go to. Like I mean it's just is I mean, cheaper. It's made like, a it difference just, for me and I put in orders of like $600 or so. Like five, to yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like fifteen hundred bucks. So, like when when it's like fifteen hundred bucks and you pay like one hundred and eighty dollars in shipping, you're looking at le- like less than ten percent or whatever of the cost. So it's it's still cheaper than if I go to Granger. Like if I need plastic wrap because we're we're shipping pallets out of here now. Like we have freight trucks coming to ship pick up like ten pallets a month. We go through quite a bit of pallet wrap now and and stuff like that. So it just depends on what you're getting there. But Granger is a great spot. Um, Amazon is is fine. I don't really like Amazon. They they really bone you on like you end up paying way more per box when you factor in that a lot of these sellers on Amazon it'll fall. I mean most of them don't even fall under Prime. You'll pay like you end up paying like five dollars for a box that I would normally pay two dollars on on Uline. And then when, once you factor in shipping, it's just not that much money. So, um, anyways, those are the, my main ones. And then also like what is it? Is it 
Office Max or Office Depot. I don't know. It's one of those Office. office. Yeah, there's one around here that actually has a decent they're supply, but around? only a few sizes. Yeah, yeah, there's one of them. It's like barely hanging on. It's real away, sad like, in there. Nobody it looks like someone Liz. called in a jihad over there. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. So there's an Office um, Max not too far from me, actually. Wow. Is there anything in I it? I don't. I think. Yeah, it's just. I think it's Office. <laughs> not not many customers, but there are things in there. Oh. Oh. I got all my boxes of Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> They're, they're uh, free there. Yeah. <laughs> this one is uh, from Josh Friedrich from 507. Hey, guys. So I was watching Dan's stories uh, this past week, and I saw all the sweet woodpecker tools he got from the estate sale for cheap. Um, and it kind of got me wondering about all those types of tools. Um, so my question is, what are your thoughts on these high-end tools, um, such as woodpecker, for an example? Um, do you guys think that the product is worth the price tag or do you kind of see it as overkill um i guess what do you guys run in your shop do you guys run higher end price tag tools hand tools such as with rulers and marking tools and whatever it may be or do you guys run with maybe a more middle ground or cheaper product uh anyways looking forward to hearing it thanks well Dan- um, typically I spend my money on higher end tools that have motors on them. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to spend a lot of money on a tool, it's, it's going to be a power tool or, or something like that. Um, when it comes to hand tools and marking tools, I usually tend to go, you know, like middle of the road. Um, I'm, I'm not what you would call a hybrid woodworker, but I do use hand tools and stuff like here and there. Um, but like he said, and I should have mentioned this in what's on my bench. Uh, I did go to an estate sale this past weekend and I picked up a lot of woodpeckers and Veritas tools at a really great price. You know, Half when you off. compare it, when you compare it to what they go for retail. And so I felt like a bonehead if I, if I didn't. And I got to be honest with you, the Veritas planes that I got, they are beefy and hefty and they feel real quality the woodpecker stuff i i got a few woodpeckers things they are aluminum i don't have a whole lot of like uh opinions on them yet i haven't taken them out of the box um so i don't i don't know i'm i'm going to reserve my opinions on woodpecker uh for the time being um I want to hear what uh, Mike has to say. I like high-end quality tools. I think that specifically with woodpeckers, they have a lot of tools that you just don't need. They have very specific <laughs> uses, and if you yeah, that's need the thing it, with woodpecker. They have a lot of like yeah, very they're like, specific. hey, do you do you need to scribe a line on a forty-five degree miter on Tuesdays only? Well, then we got the one tool for you. It's nine hundred dollars. No, they're like crazy with some uh, of their the, tool those releases. Those date conditional ones are the worst. <laughs> yeah, those ones are the worst. No, but it's like they have some very specific use tools. However, they are aluminum, but I carry mine. I mean, like my Paolini square, I have, I have them on me all day long, literally all day long. I use them all day long, and I, I actually love. They're great. They're fantastic tools. I think that you could get sterrets that are good as well. Um, I I like. As I've gotten more into woodworking, I'm buying myself nicer hand tools as gifts to myself. They're kind of like self bonuses. I've been buying, getting really into H and T Gordon 
uh, hand planes, um, specifically uh, from Hartwood Tools lately. Like I just love those tools. They look they're beautiful and man, those are the are ones they nice. that are uh, sold at Walmart. The Hart tools. Yeah, Hart tools. <laughs> yeah. These H and T Gordon tools are like amazing. Like it's I a love end, nice uh, Bucks Brothers. Like the Lee Nelson, um, the Lee Nelson rabbit block plane is li- is always every day I walk into the shop. That thing is at my side all day long. I use it all day long. It is the most comfortable and ergonomic feeling plane I have. It's amazing. So I will, for me, I enjoy it and I love having these nice higher end tools. You don't need them. There are very good marking tools that don't cost a ton of money in my, in my opinion um, and in my experience. I do like having those tools because this is what I do for a living, but it's also what I love doing. So I like to spend money on it. So that's you like where to I'm treat yourself. So, yes, I do. I doing. like to know that I'm using the nice tools. Like I, that's it's yeah. some it's it's a quality of life thing. Like I, you know, is woodpecker the best marking tools out there? I don't know. I can't really speak to that. Do I really enjoy using them? Yeah, I do. Like really like using them. They're really nice. They're nice tools and they work really well. Um, there's other tools that I also keep around the shop that are really great too. So, and as I've gone more into woodworking, eh, I find myself using hand tools a lot more, especially as like my mm-hmm. business has focused where I have employees that kind of hand, handle like the automated tooling now and the production stuff. I don't really do much of that anymore. I kind of build all the one-off stuff, which is what I want. Mike's to the do. old codger in the corner building furniture. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I just want to build furniture all day long and run the business. That's all I want to do. Well, so, leave me alone. Uh, yeah, you guys go build it. Uh, Pete, uh, I no, I I agree with you. See, the the thing that Woodpecker has going for them is that they have a wide selection. They have all the stuff, and yeah, it's not for everyone. But if you need a specialty tool, they probably have it. And and like Mike said, the longer you're in something, the more you start to be like, well, I can just get the whatever, whatever, or I can get this nice thing. Like I find myself now, most of my marking tools are old machinist tools that I got at flea markets and yard sales, and they're great because machinist tools are just just reliable and solid and always dead on. But now as I'm looking at new items, I'm like, well, I'll get the nice thing, the nice one. And then, you know, at the end of the day, some people just like brand loyalty. They like them all red. They like them all black. They like them all green, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like they want, they want a certain brand in their shop, and there's nothing wrong with that because you know what? It's your income, whether it's disposable or the shop's paying for it, whatever. Treat yourself. Broken Michael, what do you guys think? I like, um, I have most of the woodpecker stuff, um, as an example. You know, I like I like nicer stuff, and uh, especially having the makerspace. I think having nicer for us is important because people are coming to do their hobby. You know, so if we only have, like, the cheap shit from the dollar store, um, they're going to leave pretty quick. Aldi chisels. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're good. Don't. The Aldi ones are good. <laughs> I, you know, my only my only negative thing that I can say about Woodpecker is I don't love their rack systems. Everything takes up a lot of space on the wall if you use the stuff that it comes with. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Other than that, I love their little latches to keep everything in place. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's too much. Good, Uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes. Great. (laughs) Yes. All the yes. This next one's from Braden from Little Bug. Hey guys, it's Braden with Little Bug. Uh, I've got a question for Brooke and Michael tonight. I was scrolling through y'all's Instagram, and it's very clear that y'all are comfortable with a lot of different types of tools and a lot of different types of mediums uh, when you're working on projects. So my question is, 
what process or what medium did you find was the most intimidating before you started uh, working with it? And what kind of advice would you give to somebody that was looking to start with that uh, process or that medium that you had wished that you knew before you started with it? So hope you guys have a great night. See ya. Guys and gal. So the first tool that we got when we switched over to the makerspace was the laser cutter. And um, we had all the tools kind of like stacked up in boxes as they arrived in here. And our daughter at the time was like 10 years old and we let her pick one tool for a setup at the house to like play with and she picked the uh, Glowforge. And when you, I'd never used the laser before, I don't like barely heard of them. And when you look online, they make it sound super scary. They're like, have a fire extinguisher, yeah. big buckets of water. <laughs> yeah, like the glasses. Uh, you know, you're you know, like, if you're you like, don't I'm, vent it right, yeah. you will die from chlorine gas. <laughs> you know? So, like, that felt pretty intimidating the first time. And um, I think that the biggest advice that I can probably give is if you have something that you're interested in, you know, like, obviously, heed the safety warnings. But um, everything with a grain of salt, like, don't let it, like, stop you from trying. (laughs) I I also think it's about taking it in bite-sized pieces. So at at this point, we work with a lot of a wide range of things. But I think each individual thing that we tried different, if that makes sense, as we got going was a small step. And then it just accumulates over years and years and years. So, like, pick something that's intriguing to you that's a small step and that you feel like is a healthy amount of risk that you feel comfortable with because if you're feeling like you're overwhelmed with something you're not going to be safe with it um true you know you have to be feeling calm and confident so you know no one can answer that but yourself so you need to be thinking like do i feel like i can handle this situation if something does go wrong or am i just too uptight about this right now and then dial it back and try something simpler um yeah I like that advice. That's very good advice. Yep. Or have yep. a friend. Like, like just have someone looking over your shoulder. Like, that's another makerspace thing that I, I think we take for granted a lot is that um, even though we, like, own the makerspace, like, we, we often have people around us. So, I'm like, I figure, like, if I'm doing anything that stupid, like, someone's going to say something. <laughs> or they'll, uh, you know, <laughs> at least call the ambulance You're like, so- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Maybe you shouldn't put the logs at the top of the hill. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> that one always gets us. Every time. When will we learn? <laughs> this is from uh, Malcolm at, ba- I think it was Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova Woodworks. Hey, guys. It's Malcolm at Bossa Nova Woodworks. And my question this week is about a project that I'm working on to create a wireless charger for my iPhone, but holds the phone at a 45-degree angle. So basically I have two pieces of four quarter walnut that I've already milled and cut to size. I want to be able to embed one piece of walnut at a 45 degree angle into the other bottom piece, but within a groove, almost like it would be, if it were 90 degrees, it would be a dado. And I can't quite figure out how to cut a groove like that, a through dado with the tools that I have. So, I don't feel like it's a dado stack thing. I don't think that I'm not exactly sure how I would do it with a router. Could you guys give me your opinion way in? Should I just find a different design or is there a different way to do it? I'm not thinking of maybe I'm overcomplicating it. Thanks. Also, I want to thank each and every one of you for your advice and Jason Hibbs last week on WorkbenchCon. Appreciate all of that. I got my ticket and I hope to see all of you there. 
Also, for all of your listeners, <laughs> if you use coupon code WOODENMAVEN, yeah, 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 you yeah. save $50, A-W-T. and Char will follow you on Instagram. See ya. <laughs> Jeez. What a what a Char shill. <laughs> Damn. What do you so say? it sounds to me like he's wanting to make a 45-degree uh, dado. Yeah? So if, that's, if, if that was my goal, what I would do is I would use something that would take tiny bites at a, at a, at a time. Rather that be a table saw, table saw, whoa, or guard, yep, table salt, um, mm-hmm. or a miter saw, you know, with the uh, the bottom limit switch, you know, adjusted, yeah. And then once you get that, don't cut it all the way, but once you get that and you take, you've taken tiny bites, it's going to leave you with the ridges on the bottom. You would take a chisel uh, and flat it out by hand. I think that's about the only way you can do it, unless you do it all by hand. Oh, God. If I'm understanding his question correctly. And use code AWP at checkout for WorkbenchCon to get $50 off. Uh, PD, what do you think? Am I am I thinking, I, thinking I this correctly? I feel like correctly? I'm not understanding it right, because he's talking about a 45-degree dado. Which was yeah, like, I'm going gonna, gonna to draw a picture. I'll drop it. Draw a picture, yeah, because I will I have talking. no idea what he's asking. <laughs> I have no I idea. What to, I was just about to say I cannot understand like words like that type of processing for me. Is no, well, here's the thing. Really hard time, I've like, been drinking more than everybody, and I feel like I understand. So Danny, that's, that's perfect. He's oh, wanting let's... to do. He's wanting to do it. Oh come on! Oh, oh blurry no! back. What are you hiding? <laughs> what, you, what did you draw? What did What did you draw? And why don't I have two it's faces? <laughs> It's just a bunch of penises. Come on. <laughs> stop. That's the pre-show he's, stuff. He's wanting to do a that, deal like yeah. that. And then put the thing into a into that uh, yeah. 45. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, back I, to yeah, the, I don't know why he would to the There's uh, my Corvette. Saw. No big deal. Yeah. I think a dado CNC stack on a table and saw and just not not cutting the... Not a dado oh, stack. Not a dado stack. No, no, no. <laughs> you would do... You do a single saw blade and you do a yeah. little bits at a time and then you use yeah. the chisel to flatten it out. Yeah. yeah, there's no need to have to like cut or the use piece a flat, of wood going flat, into flat grind blade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, if you use the dado stack, it would create the wrong angle that he's looking for. It sounds like. Well, I mean, if you cut with a dado stack at an angle, then you don't have to cut an angle. It's not board giving you that 45 degree it. cut. It's not giving you the flat 45 though. Yeah, you, can, you, have, you can you angle a, a dado stack. It'll give you the 45 yes, on the side. Yes, but it's still the. It's still going to be a 90-degree data, but not on the... I understand that, but if he's just putting a board out of 45 into another board with the data stack in it, he's overcomplicating it by cutting a 45 on the board going into it. It's all about the aesthetic, though. All about... You know, you're right. Yeah, it's... (laughs) uh, Yeah. If you wanted to look a certain way, I totally get it. But... uh, All right. Yeah, sorry if we made it more complicated than it needed to be, Malcolm, but that's kind of what we're thinking (laughs) Hey, Malcolm, by the way, my mom says hi. Yeah. Anyway. My mom, too, I guess. Jeez. She, I just talked to her today. She's like, tell How Malcolm I said um, good. <laughs> let's pass this to Brooke and Michael and see what they say. I think you're going to need like a $150,000 CNC machine. Yeah, just got yeah. a, a five-axis five axis, five that axis is the CNC. only way that I think you can achieve this. <laughs> it's science. I'm not going to argue. He's right. I'm not going to argue that. This is why... This is why charging stands are so expensive. Uh, the next question is from Michael Lydon. All right, I'm going to try the voice note thing and emailing it since the phone number gets yeah. in trouble. Yeah, Michael. 
since I feel like a complete dick after last week. Uh, this Mission accomplished. For you, Daniel, specifically, finished products, uh, building a portfolio of things that I've finished, um, taking photographs of them. Photo- photography is not uh, a strong point of mine. Do you have any tips on taking still photographs of finished pieces for, let's say, a portfolio? Hope you guys have a great weekend. Peace. Uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Uh, Make sure your backgrounds are clean and there's nothing that's uh, obnoxious that shouldn't be in the photograph. You don't want anything that's going to take away from your product. So that's it. Plain and simple. (laughs) Anybody else want to chime in on this? Uh, Would you recommend using like... I will say that... No. No? Uh, Absolutely not. If, if you you have nice like bokeh backgrounds and stuff. you want to keep the bokeh to them you don't want so much bokeh that it's taking away detail on the actual piece okay you want to find a balance okay. uh if if you know anything about photography okay i'm gonna pretend like you know what i'm talking about let's say i shoot a piece at 50 millimeters at 1.4 and i'm doing a close-up that's gonna give me a focal plane of about an eighth of an inch. Okay. Now think about, think about a plane, not a plane, but like a, a visual plane, mm-hmm. uh, in front of a piece and you're doing it close up, uh, an eighth of an inch focal plane. That's that thick. And I'm, I'm showing with my fingers. I know we're doing a, a it's the size of his audio podcast, ego, size of my ego. Um, everything else is going to be blurred. So you don't want so much bokeh that you're taking away detail from your actual product is what I'm saying. But you might want to blur the background. But yeah, blur the background a little bit. <laughs> Mike, it sounded like Mike uh, Coffee had something to add. I had nothing to add. I just said that we're we're actually in the middle of designing like a photo staging area finally that I need it. So Peter, cinematographer, we're we're coming over. We're going to build like a... Like it's gonna be the white roll of paper thing, yeah. But we're gonna actually like set up a ramp so the paper like a smooth falls transition down to sweep. Yeah. So we, and it's yeah. gonna be ten foot wide. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. so nice. we're we're actually designing that. Like I did it already on the CNC. Like I designed it on the on the on Aspire today. So we'll cut out the arches, put them at the bottom of the wall, and then anyway, we we just need a nice photo area, especially with some of the things we're trying to accomplish right now. So they're very important. And asking people like Dan, who actually know how to use a camera, is an important thing to do. Reach out to people in the community who know how to do that stuff. Don't ask me about camera questions. Send all your camera questions to Nick Key over at Key Woodworks. Thank you. Nick Key at (laughs) shopsounds.com. Anyone else have anything to chime in on this? I mean, I, I no. would I would say like if if you're doing a lot of product photography, maybe set up like 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 Mike said, dedicated station, but something smaller. I do actually sell little backdrop stands if you want to make backdrops of like you know a faux countertop <laughs> and then like a background. And I actually had someone on one of my purchases; they left a, a a positive review with a photo of the backdrop, and the backdrop was a blurred photo of a background. Like they okay. they had an artificial bokeh in their photo because the background was blurry. It looked like a kitchen in the background. So Another like, little tip that I'm going to give yeah. you is people like to be able to um, <laughs> visualize that piece in a space. Yes. So even though you have a clear backdrop and you're going to take a – so let's say, for instance, you have a side table. You're going to take pictures of it and you have a, mm-hmm. a clean white backdrop. People also like to be able to see and visualize that spe- that piece in a space. They like to be able to visualize the size of it. 
So if you could take that that same side table and put it next to a couch or something or wherever you envision it being and take a nice clean picture that way as well, that would be very helpful. Yeah. Show it the way they would use you it. You have to realize that people are you have to you have to show to the lowest common denominator sometimes. Uh you have to you have to assume that nobody can visualize anything. And you have to spoon spoon feed everything to to people. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. That's uh, it. The next message is from Toma. Good luck understanding this. <laughs> it's me. Hi, I'm the French. It's me. Hi guys, Brooke and Michael. <laughs> Uh, Michael, sorry. I had to say the French variant of your name. All right, so my questions are simple for tonight. What is the biggest challenge of opening and having a makerspace? Did you have any catastrophic failure with a customer like, I don't know, he destroys something? And finally, did any of your students end up buying their own 3D printer or laser or any else tools after learning with you? Thank you. Bye. I have no idea what was just said. I Pete can break it out. What is the biggest challenge that you've uh, had of owning a makerspace? Have you had any major issues come up with a, you know, cust or patron of the makerspace? And then, uh, did any of your students buy their own lasers, three D printers? Kind of go like use your space as a jumping off point. Uh, we have had people buy their own specific tools. So if there's one specific tool they like, like the laser, we've had people mm-hmm. buy like a big laser that's just theirs. But they tend to then stick with us still for the tools that they Education. don't use as much. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, like if they're not a 3D printer, but they like having the idea of having access to it. Um, but Any major issues? Like incidents? Other than Brooke getting ran over by a log? It's really Brooke me. Ran no, over it, by a log. Yeah, I never really thought about Brooke's, it before, but Brooke's, Brooke's all singing, It's me. Hi. I'm yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah, I think Brooke is pretty much all of the major issues over. That's there. good. That's um, a good track record. Yeesh. She's the only person that put stuff in the laser that she shouldn't. And yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, her cars are the only ones that get run over by lugs. Oh. Um, there we go. I so. have no. I have actual input on this though. <laughs> no, actually, that that is all true. <laughs> but I can think of some incident incidents like. I yes. remember this isn't even me like throw Michael under the bus, please. No, no, Michael's. You don't even understand this man's level of calm, cool, and collected. I don't even understand it. He doesn't. He he doesn't make mistakes. He's not kidding. Um, but there is like one time where we had a member that had cast colored pencils in resin. This isn't me like throwing anyone under the bus. Like it's fine. And they like Cheryl. They like passed it. <laughs> they like passed it through a planer, and it like gunked up our planer, which was annoying, I guess. Yeah, but, but they used the right planer. I I have a planer over there that is for junk like that. Yeah, so like we have like the junk one, and we have like the not junk one. Um, and so I think there, that we've learned over the years little things like that that make that work out okay. Like our industrial size laser cutter and CNC, makerspace members can't just come and use. Like right. that's separate. You know what I'm saying? You but have like, specific tools that the makerspace clients and students can use. Yeah, and, I mean, those are the only two tools that they can't use yeah. without <laughs> without having one of us with them. Behind the top tier patron wall. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we call it the inner circle. Like that's just what it says on our 
on our like website and like i hope people get we're being funny because it's just like it's like everything. i wanted i wanted to call that tier the maker cult yeah you were just like just making but cult she vibes. said but i wasn't allowed to the problem is that everything else on our website just sounds so normal and then it's just like join the inner circle but it's fine um what was the other part of we the make question? inside jokes and make fun I of just, cheryl just the biggest yeah. challenge <laughs> space. biggest challenge covid <laughs> yeah oh. that was great that 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 was that was definitely the biggest challenge. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's starting to normalize, but it's normalizing in a way that it was not like before. Um, yeah, because like before the pandemic, when you went in like every Friday night, all the tables would be full of people, everybody get takeout. You know, just a great like kind of like party vibe, oh, and just nice. making things. Yeah, super and, fun. Um, now we are starting to have the same number of members that we had before, but it's like they'll go in, do their thing, and then go. So there's not a lot of like overlap. The community's there's defi- no camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah, people, less of it. We forgot sure. how to hang out with people. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, we we always joke the type of people that join a makerspace in the first place are like people that really enjoy parallel play. <clears throat> it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna like sit next to you and we're gonna like both do our Lego kits and not talk, but like we had the best time together. Like that it's like adult version of that is like a makerspace. So yeah. I don't know. Preschool for adults. Preschool, I can yeah. relate to that, but I always thought it was like childhood trauma. I don't you know, <laughs> we don't need to you can Whatever Let's unpack it is, that it next is. episode. Next episode. But, you know, so it's kind of interesting to see how that's very, very slowly, like, taken shape post-COVID. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's it's bouncing back. Yeah. And insurance is hard because insurance awesome. companies, like, don't understand it. They don't, they don't get us. But we went through, like, eight how does that? Insurance. How does that look? Uh, what, insurance? Yeah. Insurance, yeah. How, did, how does that start? Yeah, I, would, I would imagine that's kind of a nightmare. Um, the hardest part was finding an insurance agent that understood what we were doing enough to be able to like convince the underwriter that it Go wasn't to bat. so to, like, bad. I was going right. to say, like, right. to even even like give us a quote. Like that was I remember that being challenging. As a lot of people were just like, "This is something I've never seen before." Bye. But like the, the <laughs> but like the insurance agent that we ended up with, he actually came to the space. He spent like three hours there, just like observing and being a part of it, and like fully getting what we did. Um, so then, instead of making a snap judgment and saying, no, you got randos coming in and yeah. using yeah. your spinning blades. No, it's a hard yeah. pass. No, we then, needed, like, we needed a saw talked, stop. Um, that wasn't a choice. Yeah. He maybe he, we had to get a saw stop. Um, but other than that, we can have pretty much whatever we want. And, um, he talked them into basically kind of as a, as a trade school. Yeah. Oh, oh fantastic. So, nice. So, yeah. Yep. Smart. Is the uh, here's another question real quick? Sorry. Yeah. Is that insurance? Is that like an outrageous like expense? I mean, I to me, it like, is, but it's it's like four thousand a year, so it's not horrible. It's not like well, a that's not that's reasonable. That's pretty reasonable for what but, you're doing. Um, I think. Yeah. But right now, I was thinking like thousands a month. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 But right now, we only have like twenty members. You know, so twenty to thirty. Twenty to thirty. So yeah. it, it's just kind of like. It doesn't change, though, based on the number of members, you know? So, like, at the peak of pandemic, when we had, like, not that many members at all, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's right, right. Totally... That makes sense. Right on. All right. Thanks, thanks for sharing more, that. One more question? Yeah. Do we have Yeah, one? the next question is from Tim. Tim. Megan. That's right. Megan? Megan. 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 Tim M. Hey, boys. Tim from Copper and Oak Creation, yeah. Uh, so, I'm building a new workbench. I'm having a couple drinks with Dunlap Ayo. while I'm doing it. Um, what do you guys recommend for the best method for hold down? Mike, I know you use the match fit for a couple of jigs and stuff like that, but what do you guys use on your workbench for hold down? 
I'd love to hear the answers. Thanks, guys. Uh, anyone want to go first? I just use clamps on the edge of the workbench. Just basic, quick, quick clamps. Super simple. Super I've been basic. Using, yeah, I do a lot of that. I've been using uh, armor tool clamps a lot. I have that armor tool bench, and it's it's great. I think those clamps are cheaper made than they should be made. Uh, like the part, the parts kind of come apart on them quite a bit. Um, but they, you know, we end up finding parts and putting them back together. I think they should spend a little bit more time investing in their their clamps and tools and stuff. They're a bit too cheap, but they work. They work good when they're working. Um, and then, yeah, I use the match fit system a lot. Um, I don't know. That's kind of mine. Michael, Brooke? Um, I tend to use clamps, um, but only when I can't just use my hand. Fair. That tends to be my Friction. normal go Friction's dope. Um, and then, surprisingly enough, we also use hot glue a lot, just a little, like, dab oh, in each yeah. corner. Ooh, like if yeah. we're doing, like, a sanding project mm. or something, just a You just hot glue, glue the piece down and, and sand away, huh? Yeah, yep. hot glue, and then if you flip over canned air, there's a cooling compound in the canned air, so it instantly freezes <laughs> it the hot stinks. glue. It stinks. There's also so other things you can do with um, that from, yeah. I remember, when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, you know, we use it to cool hot glue. That's all at the makerspace. Um, but yeah, that makes it so that the hot glue just dries very quickly. So it, it's not um, the workflow is actually pretty quick. Mm. Interesting. And then you, and then to get it off, what's it called? The fr- um, just like I use my multi tool. Yeah, the, with the scraper bit. Yeah, comes right off. And then it heats the glue a little bit, and then you can just <laughs> peel it off. <clears throat> Word, Petey? Pete, what about you? Uh, I'm a big fan. Obviously, clamps is an obvious one, but I like quick clamps. The ones with the, the lever that you like when you tighten it more vertical, it gets tighter and you release it with a little button. I'm a huge fan of those. I got a, a two of the large Bessie ones, and I use them pretty much every single day. They're they're so great. I actually want to make those those little uh, stops that I made for the Festool ones. I want to make those for the big Bessies. Because they're, I use them so much. Because you know, anytime you loosen it up, the, the head drops down, and you got to retighten it with both hands. So I want to try to make a little stop for that. Uh, aside from that, I if you're making a new bench, Tim, I am a huge fan of like traditional those like little like metal hold fast hold yeah hold fast like we just like hammer it in and friction holds the piece down. Huge fan of that. If you I was going to mention that, yeah, if you can build your workbench. Especially at a hardwood, softwood, like, you know, if you do pine or something, like, it's fine, too. But a hardwood really holds up pretty well. Um, you just hammer it in there, that friction alone is so great. Tap it from the back, it releases, and just put little leather pads on the, on the top of it so it doesn't mar up your, your uh, workpiece. Those work so well. That that's that system is not broken. It's been used for generations, and I, I still highly recommend it. Traditional yep. work hold-down systems are the best i was gonna mention that one of these days when i'm a real woodworker that's what i want dan we'll want, get there one day i want prairie dog holes and hold fast yes prairie dog holes <laughs> yeah big fan of those stop all right i love dog holes yeah i like cat holes <laughs> please stop saying prairie don't dog. say cat holes <laughs> <laughs> wait where's some oh. so much worse <laughs> All right, that's all the questions. Uh, Is that all the questions? That's all the questions. Oh my goodness! That's we our finally show. Perfect way to end the show with a terrible. Uh, quick, real quick. Uh, if you want to go, if you're thinking about going to WorkbenchCon, you use code AWP for fifty dollars off. Uh, check 
Brooke and Michael out on Instagram and YouTube and yep. TikTok yeah. and Pinterest. YouTube. Are you guys on I think Michael has an OnlyFans too. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, yeah, Instagram, does. Uh, it's YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, that's the three Boom. big ones. Bam. Not on Facebook. We are on uh, Facebook, but... We don't really do much there. <laughs> you can follow. Go find them everywhere. <laughs> go follow them everywhere. Give them some love. Show them what's up. Right no, anyway, big thanks to all of our patrons for supporting the show. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week for a new episode of another Woodshop Podcast. We'll talk to you guys then. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Love you, bye-bye. Love you long time. Bye-bye.